new office space, more production, new bike, faster commute, reading and writing, lit erotica. All on this new episode. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Who's Listening with Me, Leon Andrews. Guys, once again, you will find me quite often shooting from the hip. In other words, I'm improvising, and I've been doing so. Granted, I was writing a script before for this show about once or twice, not very often. If you put it in the grand scheme of the entire podcast, lifespan it's been maybe like a handful of times maybe two times honestly but here i am improvising like i always do but always talking to you weekend was really good for me actually the whole week was good for me got a lot done felt more felt very productive at work however we were moved into a new space new space moved us from the eighth floor down to the fourth floor it's not a demotion they're just trying to make space up there totally understand we're on the phones all the time and we can get loud we can get loud and because we are a continuing education facility it's not a good look to hear us get loud so down there on the fourth floor we can get a little bit louder we don't have to worry about disturbing students. So that's where we're at. But a new space to me can be a little random. Therefore, I had to implement the exercise of touching things and letting go of things just to get used to the space. And then, of course, we had to move desk around from the top floor to the bottom floor. So that's how we spent our week. But overall, a pretty productive week. I do say so myself. Plus, plus, I got things done on my own. And by my own, I mean little projects that I want to work on. Remember I explained that I was doing a little writing project and I was just kind of working on it here and there? Well, I ended up finishing it up this past Sunday. That was awesome. Felt really good. You ever finish something and you feel really good about it? It just makes you happy because, you know, you yourself got that thing done, got that action done, got that activity done, however you want to phrase it. And so I did this little writing project. At the end of the whole thing, I wrote 3,900 words, close to 4,000. That's it. For me, that doesn't seem like a lot. I've written way more words than that in one go. And I was maybe doing about... 400, sometimes 800 words a night, depending on how the story was flowing. Now, with this story, it's a little phrase they call writing from the seat of your pants. In other words, you're improvising a story, just vomiting it out of your mind onto paper. And in this case, a word processing document on your computer. And I have to say, I am so glad I spent $90 on this two-in-one little laptop. It cost me 90 bucks, And it's this 
32 gig hard drive, actually solid state drive, but it's got 32 gigs of space. It's not that much, but I actually expanded the memory recently to 128 gigabytes of memory, but that's because I used a one of those little memory sticks to expand the drive, expand the memory a little bit. So I don't have to worry about the space. I can just move all the files onto that little memory stick. It's awesome. So overall, it was a good purchase. And the fact that it goes from being a little laptop to a tablet so I can read things is really awesome and very convenient. So now, I mean, one of the things that I bought it for is because I wanted to start writing again. And I've been writing it because I don't like carrying Because if I ever need to... Okay, here's the way I look at it. Sorry, I'm kind of stumbling over words. Shooting from the hip, guys. Just improvising. If I'm going to a coffee shop for my house, I don't want to bring my entire freaking laptop. Laptops can get bulky and they can get heavy. Now, like, granted, laptops now compared to laptops back in the early 2000s, it's so different. They are so much thinner. But still, though, they, they are pretty big. They can get anywhere between, they start anywhere between 15 inches to up to about 25 inches, just depending on like how big you want your laptop and if you want a number pad on it on the side and all these little, all these little like, you know, ports and whatnot on it and then a CD drive and blah, blah, blah. I mean, sorry, Blu-ray drive. And then, of course, whatever, you know, power you have on it and how much you want your display to look while you're playing video games. So when I get this, 10.5 inch two-in-one laptop it's just a way more convenient thing for me it's smaller it's a it's lightweight and then if it's in any of my bags that i have either my book bag or my one of my messenger bags so i can take that to a coffee shop and start working do some writing if i wanted to if i wanted to change up my environment and change up my space so then i'm not too focused on wanting to play video games while i'm writing and going hmm you know what feels good to write about now playing fallout new vegas I don't have to worry about that while I'm worried. I don't have to worry about that while I'm at a coffee shop because there ain't no consoles there. So um, with this story, I did write it from the seat of my pants. In other words, I improvised the entire story from beginning to end. So I really, so the trick for me that I do is I try to think about what's going to happen next in my head and I just write it. Or sometimes I just let the story flow as it is and then... I try to go back. I didn't backpedal too much on this story. Actually, I didn't backpedal at all in this story. I pretty much kept on going forward until I felt like I re it reached, <laughs> it ratched, that the story reached a conclusion. Now, it was a short story, so, you know, there wasn't really a lot of time to develop the characters, but I shared it with my girlfriend, and she said aside from some of the minor grammatical issues and some misspellings, she thought it was a very readable thing, and she liked it a lot. Now, here's the question. Am I going to share this on anything? Short answer, no. Long answer, it's because of the content that I wrote. What I ended up writing was smut. And by smut, I mean erotica. By erotica, I mean it's basically porn. <laughs> And not only that, it was the contents of the smut are not usually accepted by a lot of people. <laughs> so I don't want to share it. It's meant for just me and my girlfriend. So mind your business. Now, if I get to a point where I write something, I'll 
that I feel is acceptable for, you know, everyone to read, then yeah, I'll post it up somewhere. I'll find a way to post it up for you guys and tell you where it's at. Maybe share in a link in the descriptions of each episode so you guys can go and read it. Cause I would love for you guys to read my stuff and give me any feedback. You know, is it good? Does this character suck? This story is a ripoff of the Green Mile. Do you know you're ripping off the Green Mile? Hey, stop taking characters from the Green Mile and putting them in weird situations. Why do you like the Green Mile so much? Look, man, I just like the Green Mile. Just deal with it, okay? Just deal with it. But speaking of smut, I've been trying to change something about myself that I've been doing since... 1990 I want to say six or seven let's say 1997 this bringing you back 1997 you're talking over 20 years ago when the internet became a mainstream thing in the American household back then we were using internet connection our internet connection was based off a phone line and it was way slower back then than it is way now. I remember it would take about a few minutes for our entire website to load up. You can ask anybody who lived through the 90s and had an internet connection and was on the internet. It was so freaking slow. But what I'm saying is since those days, I've been watching porn, you know, since a very, very young age. And I've been watching porn. And then, of course, when we got to the point where porn was being streamed on the internet at certain websites... It became almost an addiction. I would watch porn all the time. And now I'm trying to change up my porn. Well, I don't really want to watch people. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Backbell. I don't want to. I don't care for live. I'm trying to like not to watch live action porn anymore. I'm not trying to watch hentai. What I've been trying to do is instead I've been trying to read more erotica i'm trying to read it as erotic literature basically and that's a little bit i like that because it's very honestly it's very mentally stimulating my girlfriend used to tell me all the time that she would read erotic literature and you know this is not like 50 shades of gray or anything no i don't know anything off the top of my head that she's ever read but she told me she would read uh, like erotic literature. And back then, I didn't really care to read. I wanted it to be in video format because I, it was 1997, and I wanted it now. <laughs> so, that's where I was at, and that's where she was at in our lives. <laughs> but um, lately, I've just been reading a lot of erotic literature, and it's been really good stuff and very stimulating and just, I don't know, man, just like it taps into like a whole just a whole new area for me, and it's just been awesome. And the same thing with even reading comic book-based pornography or whatever you want to call it. Actually, uh, comic book-based erotica. I guess that's another way to really see Hentai, I guess you can also call it. It just means pervert in Japanese, really. And I've just been trying to, like, you know, gradiently move off of pornography because I used to feel like I was watching so much live-action pornography that it it was to the point of addiction. Just to the point, point of addiction it just became a little too much and the pornography industry in all honesty is it's it can be quite the cesspool let's just be honest it can be quite the cesspool drug use people getting taken like people getting taken advantage of and sometimes it's considered a very sexist thing you know i don't know personally don't know really what it is i mean i only know what i know from what i read from the asa akira 
like autobiography, I guess you can say that she wrote with, I don't know if she wrote it, I don't remember if she wrote it herself or she co-wrote it with somebody, but it was basically the Asa Akira story of how she started in pornography and how like where she is, you know, almost present time. And my, you know, rough experience of that is like, it's a lot of drug use and there's a lot of partying and it just seems to me it's just something I shouldn't really be supporting anymore. It, it just really needs to start moving away from that because that industry can get a little, just a little filthy and not just because of all the uh, sex they have, just how the way they treat their bodies and not that. I'm not judging all of them, not saying all of them do that. I'm just saying just the, like what I hear from my, from what I've heard and from what I've heard, it's just, that's just the way it is. So I've been moving away from live action pornography and moving into more like moving into more of a literature based erotica so yeah (laughs) so that's where that's where i'm at currently but you know it's been really cool to start reading again i mean granted it's erotica but hey it's reading (laughs) more or less and the fact that i've been writing again has been really i just been really enjoying it and i i can't i can't hate myself on that because it's it's something that I was very passionate about at one point in my life was it was being a writer and I want to be a writer and I want to be a writer again and I have the potential in me to be a writer again it's just that I now I need to put I need to just necessitate myself to the point where I want to actually do it you know okay here's the way to look at it I can either avoid being a writer or I can be in fear of being judged as a writer or I can attack it and be and fucking just do it and be a freaking writer right so i can attack i can fear it i can succumb to it or you know i can completely avoid it but in the end i got something has to happen and because of that i choose to attack it i chose to attack it. i chose i'm gonna be a writer and i didn't the funny thing is i didn't pressure myself that was one of the things that would happen to me i would just i would rigidly put myself in a position where I said, this is where I need to sit down and I need to write, 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 and I honestly fell out of love with writing at that point. Anybody here who does that to themselves, where they force them, where they feel like they have to force themselves to write, almost like as if they were wagging a finger and disciplining themselves. To do something they feel that they should be enjoying. To change up how the way they do that. What I did was I necessitate myself. Meaning I raised the level to where I brought myself up to the point where I wanted to do it. And I just did it. And I wrote this story from beginning to end. Granted... Almost 4,000 words took me, I want to say, almost a week, if not just slightly more than that, maybe like eight days. And the fact that I did it was incredible. I, I felt very accomplished by the end of it, and I handed it to my girlfriend to read, and she liked it a lot. She was, at the end of it, she was very aroused. And so after that was taken care of, I asked her for, <laughs> I asked her, for her opinion, and she said she liked it. Liked it enough that she got aroused. I did my job as a writer. Who was writing the smut? Slash erotica. I mean, they're the same thing. 
Now, granted, I told you before, guys, and maybe in a previous episode that I did write erotica before, and I mean I hand wrote that shit. Now, let me explain something to you. When it comes to writing erotica, you really need to pick where you write erotica. Because I've made the mistake of writing it in public. Not because somebody saw it and read it and said, Oh my god, you're writing, oh my goodness, you're writing about two college students blowing each other in the dormitories. No, 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 no. That's not what it was. It was the fact that I was arousing myself and getting erections in public places. Like at a Starbucks or my local coffee house. And then I have to sit there kind of like shuffling around like, oh man, you know, don't look at me. Stop. Don't, don't look at me, people. Don't, don't look at me. Stop it. Oh my God. I can't readjust myself. I won't have to like ride this out. (laughs) So it's probably best not to write erotica in public places like that. Just for me. I won't know if any other lit erotica authors out there have ever found themselves at a point that if they were writing something like that arousing in public places do they they themselves get aroused by the stuff that they write <laughs> off out of their head onto a word document but that was really funny and uh you know what i don't really care i'm just probably gonna end up doing it again anyways it's not like i'm touching myself in public but then again like i'm just writing fiction it's not like I'm watching porn out loud without my headphones on on a train. I mean, who would do that? Just watching porn on their phone in a train with no headphones on, full volume. I mean, what kind of fucking inconsiderate person would do that? <sighs> and it's been really fun writing. And maybe I want to go back and look through those stories that I hand wrote and see if I can get them onto a Word document because I did really like those stories a lot. I would, quite honestly, I kind of want to see if I can write something that's non-erotic. But then again, when I first started writing, I was writing kind of uh, sort of uh, magical realism, you know, literature was kind of what I was usually doing. It's kind of like the genre that I really like to write in. I, I wrote this like one that first story I ever wrote back in October in 2000, uh, I want to say 10, 2010, I want to say, and it was just a small, it was a 50,000 word plus story about a kid going through the afterlife, and hey, quite honestly, maybe I can go back and rewrite that entire story again. I do feel like my grammar has dramatically improved, and the voice that I, which I write with, has also dramatically improved. I mean, to be a writer, you have to write. I mean, to really find your your voice in writing fiction or even nonfiction, you have to write thousands of words. Thousands of words. That's it. It's what I got to do. And I feel like I'm starting, I feel like I really have found my voice and really found how to make things flow better. I did read the story at the beginning because the story, I will be honest with you, the story starts out pretty vanilla. This is the story that I wrote. It starts out pretty vanilla. Quite honestly, it's actually, it was actually taking some Star Wars (laughs) elements from it. And the story, the setting of it was basically pre-Clone Wars. So really way before episode one 
The Phantom Menace, the greatest Star Wars movie ever, he sarcastically said. And I just wrote, so I didn't have to worry about any kind of pre-existing lore or pre-existing mythos that I had to worry about. It was very easy to just pick a planet from the mythos and then the environment and just write the story from there. And it starts off pretty innocently enough. And by innocently, I mean they're not having sex. By innocently, I mean they're fighting. And it's a Jedi and it's like Mandalorian warrior. Mandalorians are a race of warriors from a planet called Mandalore. Star Wars, that's a little... Actually, now that I think about it, there's a Mandalorian story coming out from Disney Plus, uh, uh, Disney's new streaming service, Disney Plus, doing that whole uh, Star Wars The Mandalorian. So, yeah, I forgot that that actually existed. So, I wrote it like that, and, and quite honestly, the way it, the story was reading actually worked really well. I mean, if I didn't decide to make it turn to erotica, it could have just been pretty good standalone short story about you know um, fighting this jedi and bringing her back with them and etc <laughs> so guys i really it was really just a good thing to do and i want this to keep happening because you know the, uh, i feel like i've made a lot of positive changes in my life i even one of the things that i just did before this podcast i was start handling uh, a, a level of debt that i've been doing and plus i even put some money towards my old uh, to my savings account like it wasn't even that much guys i mean i put like 20 dollars in but hey it's something it was something it's 20 dollars now being saved so i can't you can't complain about that you got to do things at almost such a gradient level sometimes and you flow what you can when you could when you can like you flow what you can <laughs> and the, you know it's basically getting things done but just like not like trying to do so much in so little time. It's definitely like taking it as it is and as you can. And that's just the way I live. And I hope you guys can get to that level where you kind of think with that kind of viewpoint as well. You don't have to think exactly like me or do exactly as I do. But I do feel like there is a way to handle life without it being such an overwhelming thing or eating any activity or any sphere of activity in your life or things that you're interested in. By getting yourself to that point where you can handle it and you can handle what you can realistically, realistically handle. And for me, that was taking some, putting some money out. And now I want to take some money out to put to the side to stay for my anniversary. Because my girlfriend and I are planning on doing a little anniversary trip to Disney World. One day pass. But it costs money, so right now the name, the name of the game is to save some money. So once I budget out all the bills that I have to pay for this week, I'm going to see what I have remaining and take that out so it's already off to the side for me to use at a later time. And that's how I handle life. <laughs> that's how my anniversary is going to get handled, guys. So guys, take your time. Don't rush things. Don't rush into things. Take a look. Take a look at the scene. All right, Turkey, take a look at the scene and see what you can realistically handle. What's the most real thing that you can handle first? And then what's the next thing you can handle? What's the next realistic thing you can handle? And the third thing, the fourth thing, and so on and so forth. And then what's realistic to you is something you're going to have to search within yourself and then on the outside. You and 
and the environment. This is Leon Andrews. Who's listening? You did. Thanks. <laughs>